Blog Talk Radio. Will your life insurance company pay you 70% to 90% of your policy's face value? Should you suffer a qualifying chronic illness or critical injury? If you answered no, go to www.getstartedwithlivingbenefits.com and request a brochure on understanding life insurance with living benefits. Visit getstartedwithlivingbenefits.com today. Terms and conditions apply. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Welcome to Chicago's Black Business Network. We're changing the way that Chicago connects to the world. Isn't it time to expose your business to a wider network? We offer social media, marketing, commercials, and more. Call us at 773-609-2226 for more information. That's 773-609-2226. We look forward to connecting you to the world. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. All black, all news, all you. School choice. Choice allows parents to select the best educational fit for their children. Almentia Academy is a year-round premier pre-K through 12 online school with a fully accredited STEM curriculum. Almentia Academy has more than 250 courses, including programs for homeschooling, college readiness, and online tutoring. Want the convenience and flexibility of educating your children at home? Then visit us today at almentiaacademy.com, where the learning never stops. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. All black, all news, all you. We're changing the way Chicago communicates with the world. CBBN Business Journals, weekdays at 11 a.m. CST. The Tough Questions, weekdays at noon. To listen now, visit Chicago's Black Business Radio Network.com. Sonia Cassandra Perdue, Executive Producer. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. You're listening to Dr. Davida Francois of the Cora Moxie Show. And as you know, I've been on this um, on this kick, I guess you want to call it, about making sure that we protect our legacies because you too have a legacy to protect. So it's important that we all get our affairs in order. We talk about generational wealth. Well, that's how generational wealth. The wealth begins. It begins with the state planning. And um, no matter what you have, no matter how little, how small, how big, so you still have something to, to that speaks to who you are. And, uh, and when, when you're gone, because that's, a, that's an appointment we all, we've all got to keep at some point, uh, what will the world say about us? What will we leave behind as our legacy? Um, and, you know, and we all have something. There's nothing to do. We're, um, we don't have, and yes, we do. With that in mind, um, I've talked about um, how do we sustain our businesses, our family-owned businesses, businesses that were started by by uh, entrepreneurs that um, have thought about, you know, what will be my legacy, how will I plan for uh, passing this business on or succession planning, and, um, you know, talked about those that um, – whose businesses have already been passed through families. But today 
I'm going to keep this short because we have Attorney Lester Barkley with us, and he's the principal of the Barkley Law Group. He was born and raised in Inglewood on the south side of Chicago during the turbulent 1960s, and he's the youngest of 11 children, which allowed him to witness a multitude of family disputes from a unique angle. He, is, he's attain, he attained his law degree from Case Western, Univ, Western Reserve University Law School and his bachelor's degree with honors from Oberlin College during a period when champion, championing a cause was almost a prerequisite course. His extensive experiences in legal training are some reasons, are some reasons why he is uniquely qualified for addressing the dynamics of the black family structure and asset protection to the issue of just getting your affairs in order. Attorney Barkley has has also been an integral integral part has played an integral part of a myriad of well publicized cases, including a precedent setting case in the Illinois Appellate Court representing a guardian who tried to have two have tubal ligation surgery performed on her mentally dis- disabled niece. This speaks to the importance of the various types of powers of attorney. Attorney Barkley's extensive experience in probate, real estate, and general litigation was a catalyst to publishing the book, The African-American Guide to Divorce and Drama, Breaking Up Without Breaking Down. And some of us really know what that's like. <laughs> he, has been, he has been fortunate enough to have had a variety of unique legal mentors that prepared him from a young age. Having come full circle, he now mentors the next generation of lawyers in a similar fashion. Barkley is a father of three and a husband of nearly 30 years. Attorney Barkley has recently relocated the headquarters of the Barkley Law Group PC to the historic Bronzeville community here in Chicago, where we welcome him with open arms. Attorney Barkley? Good morning. How are you, Dr. Francois? (laughs) I'm good. Thank you for coming on the Cora Moxie Show, where our conversations matter. I've I've been focusing on legacy building in the black community, and we're in desperate need of getting our affairs in order. So, you know, I've got a number of questions for you. I'll try to get through them quickly because we only have a little less than a half hour, and I know you've got a lot to say. My first question is, your law law firm, the Barclay Law Group, has recently located to the historical Bronzeville community in a historic building that exudes the spirit of legacy building and why getting your affairs are in, in order are important. What was the impetus behind relocating to the community, back to the community? After being downtown for nearly 35 years, um, I wanted to come back to the community that I not only live in but I love uh, and offer high-quality legal representation in our community uh, the same representation that you can obtain downtown from downtown lawyers. Uh, I wanted to put LaSalle Street back on King Drive. Nice. I think I told you that I could look right out my my back window, and I'm looking right across at your office, and that's wonderful oh, that's to be able great. to see that. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Um, so how many years' experience does your does your firm have in the area of estate planning? Well, we have been doing estate planning for the last 20 years, and so it's part of uh, 
a number of things that we do. Uh, we are a general firm, so we handle uh, probate, real estate, uh, family law, general litigation, contract work. So most of the civil areas of the law we cover, with the exception probably of bankruptcy, uh, and of course we, we don't do uh, do criminal law. But for the most part, we have some knowledge and background in most of the civil areas of the law. Well, you're listening to the Core Moxie Show with Dr. Davida Francois on Chicago's Black Radio Network. And you can visit us at Chicago's Black Business Radio Network.com at any time to listen. Feel free to comment online. And also, your comments can be read by our guests so, um, and responded to by our guests. And today we have, again, with, um, we're here with Attorney Lester L. Barclay from the Barclay Law Group, and uh, we want to continue on with some of the questions that I have here. Um, My next question, I was once told that much of black black wealth returned to the state when we get older or for whatever reason end up in nursing homes and nursing facilities. Some ethnic communities have certain trusts set up to protect their assets, allowing them to pass on generational wealth. Does your firm help with that sort of planning? Absolutely. I think what really happens in our community is uh, as mom or dad gets a little bit older, um, they begin to think about, okay, if something should happen to me, how are things going to, to work out? And so to some degree there's there's a little bit um, – there's not as much trust sometimes. You know, maybe you have a child that hasn't been as responsible, but maybe you have one or two that have been very responsible. But parents, as they get older, are sometimes reluctant to turn things over. And, Dr. Francois, I'm a planner, so I believe that when we, when the clients come in they talk with me, I tell them, I said, just like you plan for a wedding, just like you plan for a vacation, you need to plan for your estate because none of us are going to be here forever. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it would be great if we could all live 100 years, but, you know, it's likely not going to be the case. And so you don't want to leave your family in a situation where you become a legal burden for them at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking about people that I've known that, have, that had no children but they had plenty of assets. And right here in the black community, I've seen where uh, those assets have gone back to the state or wherever, but they did not transfer down within the black community. So how do we address those kind of things, or are those some things that we really should pay attention to? Absolutely, we have to pay attention to those those issues and concerns because what you have is you have people who sometimes um, they may have a sizable estate, uh, but they may end up in nursing home care. And, of course, the state wants you to, to, to spend down so that you have virtually nothing. And so they will basically use all of your assets uh, to care for you in a nursing facility uh, until you reach the point where you're just broke and, and poor and have nothing else, then the state will start paying. So the care that you receive from the state, um, you know, you you will pay for it. A lot of times, even if you do have relatives, um, 
and you say, well, we have to put mom into a nursing home, but mom has a house in Chatham or in, in Auburn Gresham, uh, what happens is that mom's house becomes the collateral for that nursing home uh, that she's spending time in that you're thinking, okay, well, we're not getting a bill. It's, we know it's about three or $4,000 a month for mom to stay there. And part of her Social Security and maybe her pension goes to, to that, but there's a gap of $2,000. Well, should mom pass away, the state is coming back, and for the two years that she was in that nursing home, they're coming back to collect the, the $2,000 a month that the state was paying. So when you think, okay, well, now that mom's gone, we're going to sell the house, the state puts a lien on the house, and they want to reclaim their uh -huh. money. And so, wow. but if you did effective estate planning, uh, for instance, if mom said, well, let me turn that house over to my child or let me put my child's name on that house, you know, within a five-year period before mom goes into a nursing home, it would be very advantageous for that family uh, because we at least have another name on the house. It's not just mom's house. It's mom and daughter or mom, daughter, and son. Uh, own the house at this point. But often what happens is that a person will come in after mom is in the nursing home and they'll say, I don't want them to take this house from us or all that my parents work for. Uh, I don't want this to go just to the state. Uh, I really need to, to get this in order so that uh, we can take care of this. And sometimes it's just too late to do it at that point in time because she's already in the nursing home. They already know the assets that she has, and they're 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 going to take care of her. But at the end of the day, they're going to slap a lien on that house. And so, what was once a family asset that could build wealth into the next generation is now going to be used to pay back the state for them having taken care of mom. Hmm. Wow, probably need to do a little more. Uh, maybe I'll do another show when you talk a little bit more about trust uh, or living trust, or I'm not even sure if I'm if I'm saying it right. Living trust or living wills or whatever things that we need to do way in advance because that yeah. five years we never know what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. Well, it's 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 a matter of really doing effective estate planning. Looking at, uh, you know, some people, a will is, is just enough to, 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 to take care of business. Uh, other people may require a, a trust, a living trust. Uh, it may be that you, you look at how we're going to title bank accounts and things like that, and uh, maybe it's, it's advantageous to just put a second name on that account so that if you should pass away, it would go to the, the name beneficiary or be paid on death to that individual. But to do nothing uh, and to just think that, okay, I'm just going to uh, let them fight over it or let them deal with it when I pass away is just unfair to your family, and it places an enormous burden on family members. Uh, oftentimes, you know, something as simple as a, as a short, simple will would be very effective because, you know, we never know what's going to happen. And I'll give you a good example. Let's say that if parents were married 50 years and they were, you know, joined at the hip together and they have three children and uh, dad passes away first um, and he doesn't leave a will, then 
the state has the obligation of dividing uh, the assets that he's left according to the laws of, uh, of the state of Illinois. And that simply means that dad would have to, uh, that the, uh, the estate would be divided 50% for wife, surviving spouse, and the other 50% would be divided with the, between the three children. Well, that's not wow. what they contemplated. That's not what they thought. They thought, well, gee, um, I will get everything. Wife thought I would get everything if he passes, or he would get everything if I pass. But when you don't take care of your business, you place your situation, your, your circumstances in jeopardy. Now, if you are estranged from one of your children or you're not particularly close to one of your children or they're not the type that will look after you and make sure or even sign off and say, well, I'm, I'm going to give this to you, Mom, because, you know, you and Dad really worked hard for this together. No. In many instances, the child says, well, the law says I'm entitled to share in a half of Dad's estate because he didn't have a will. And as a result of that, hey, I want my share. So, but that wow. could be cured with a simple will that just says, if I should pass away, everything that I have goes to my spouse. Wow. Well, there's, I mean, I'm, and that's Illinois. I'm sure that there's, it varies. The law varies from one state to another. And we'll talk a little bit about that, too. But I want to talk a little bit about, about your book. Um, so you published a book called African American Guide to Divorce and Drama. And it covers many things that we should be aware of, even if we're not married. Part three, or was it part three, chapter three, talks about the family dimension, why this is important in getting your affairs in order or in legal terms, estate planning. You devote, you've already kind of mentioned some of that, you know, and, and because this, is a, this show is listened to all over the world, um, but we're kind of focusing on the, 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 state, the United States of America. Um, I know it varies. But talk a little bit more about the family dimension because, you know, we, we're we different. <laughs> well, you know, we're uniquely different, and uh, our family mm-hmm. structures are, are different. Uh, first, we have uh, – we're the only cultural group in America that has a true matriarchy where mm-hmm. women are better educated. Uh, sometimes they have the better jobs and better opportunities than African-American men. And, you know, so we deal with a number of, of issues in our family structure where she may be the primary breadwinner, but he may still be head of the household. Mm-hmm. And so we have to, 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 to dodge some of those those little bullets that, that sometimes society puts out there. But, you know, in, in terms of getting your affairs in order, let me give you an example. Uh, in, in years past, um, let's say someone came up from the South and he was going to, you know, sort of stake things out and um, establish uh, a place for the family to come uh, to, to, uh, to the northern part of the United States. And, uh, but he got to the north, whether it's uh, Chicago, Detroit, St. Louis, uh, uh, Cleveland, and he basically decided well, I'm not going to send for the family. I'm not going to send for my wife. And mm-hmm. he takes up with someone else. He finds someone else, and he's still legally married. He has not 
you know, instituted a divorce or anything, mm-hmm. and let's say he gets a job at the at the post office or at the steel mill, and 25, 30 years later, uh, she gets a call down in Mississippi or in Arkansas, and it's like, who's this? And it's like, oh, I'm I'm John, your husband. Well, I haven't heard from you in so many years. The kids <laughs> haven't heard from you. We didn't know where you were. And he said, well, I need to talk with you about something important. Well, what does he want to talk about? He's now about to retire. And they have on his pension paperwork that he was married to someone in Arkansas and Mississippi. But he's been living with someone here up north all this time who's not entitled Mm -hmm. to any of those benefits because that's not a spouse. And Mm -hmm. so he comes back and he's like, well, baby, we need to talk about this because I need to sign off on this paperwork. Well, the reality is that that wife, because she's a legal spouse, she's entitled to 50% of his pension. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is that he doesn't think that, you know, sort of, you know, leaving things undone or incomplete will impact him, but they do impact us. And so we have to get our affairs in order because even if he should pass away, uh, that's the legal spouse in Mississippi or in Arkansas. And so the girlfriend has no rights. So if, you, if you're with someone that, you know, you're just sort of living together and you're not, it's not legal, it's not going to be recognized. And it's not mm-hmm. uncommon that even to just funeral arrangements and basic uh, things like that, that when the spouse shows up, uh, she's entitled to not only the pension, but she's entitled to make the arrangements. She's entitled to how we're going to handle the service. Uh, she may be entitled to a portion of the house that you bought with this third par- party. And that third party, I'm sure, didn't anticipate being in business with your ex-spouse, or I'm not your ex spouse <laughs> but your spouse. And so it just gets really, really complicated in our community. And so we've got to basically plan how we want to maintain wealth in our community because in many instances, if it doesn't go to the state, it goes to the lawyers. And people Mm -hmm. who think that they can just download something off the Internet, you know, I had a client that did that a number of years ago, and he was, I mean, he had a Ph.D., uh, and so he's very sophisticated and well-educated, <laughs> but he downloaded something off the Internet for the state that he lived in, but it was something that pertained to California law. And <laughs> so he, he figured that, you know, I don't have to go and I don't have to pay a lawyer in order to do this. And he ended up having to pay, his estate ended up having to pay a significant amount of what could have been avoided. And, uh, Dr. Francois, mm-hmm. I like to put it like this. If you were going to have brain surgery, would you do it yourself? You know what? I tell people all the time when they call me Dr. Francois, I say, thank you, but just don't get sick in my presence because you're in trouble. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I know yeah. when to stay in my lane. <laughs> That's right. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, too often African Americans are only told to give to churches without any thought given to uh, various institutions that we have benefited from. Does your firm help with uh, setting up endowments or scholarships or anything that will carry on your name or legacy if if we don't have family members? Absolutely. I mean, we just did that for a elderly gentleman who decided that 
he wanted to do an endowment for his parents who had uh, graduated um, from college uh, 125 years ago. And he wanted to leave something for his parents. And so we thought this is a wonderful idea. And so we were able to bridge that gap with the uh, historically black college uh, that they had graduated from and uh, wow. to honor the legacy of his parents. And so he was, you know, we, we helped him to facilitate that. So it's, it's you know, the church is a great institution, but there are other institutions uh, in our community, the NAACP, the Urban League, colleges and universities that have educated many of our our, our people. Uh, there are good causes out there to, to share some of what you have, have, have earned uh, and have been able to accumulate. Because remember, at the end of the day, uh, I've never seen a Brinks truck behind a hearse. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> well, you're listening to the Core Moxie Show with Dr. Davida Francois on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, where you can visit us at www.chicagosblackbusinessradionetwork.com to listen at any time and feel free to leave comments online and uh, we'll get back or we'll have our guests to follow up with you. And uh, today we're talking to Attorney Lester Barclay and um, we're just kind of talking about getting your affairs in order and that you too have a legacy to protect. What is it you need to do to pass on generational wealth? Attorney Barclay, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us? There is one other piece that I think is is significant. Um, We've talked mostly about when you pass off the scene, but let's spend a couple of minutes talking about if and when you become disabled. And part of the Mm. estate planning process is, okay, uh, if I am not able to take care of my business affairs, who do I trust to do that? And mm-hmm. so that's that falls under the power of attorney. And so which is simply a legal document that gives someone authority to act on your behalf if you become disabled and cannot handle your own affairs. And so you want to identify someone that you can trust who can basically handle your bank accounts if you have a piece of property, collect your rents, uh, if you have bills that need to be paid, someone who can pay your bills, because if you don't do that, then the court may impose someone. It may not be the person of your choice. It may be someone that you despise, but they're the closest relative to you. But you want to identify someone who can handle your, your affairs in, in case you are unable to, to do so. And so that's pretty much what we would call a business power of attorney in most jurisdictions. But then there is a health power of attorney, and that's the person who should make the decision as to what's best for your health care. For instance, you know, if you want to be hooked up on machines and and, and ventilators and respirators, you know, or do you want to just pass naturally? Uh, Are you looking for historic uh, measures to save your life, or are you the type that says, you know, if my doctor feels that uh, I'm brain dead and my life has no value uh, physically, uh, then let me go naturally rather than to hook me up to a bunch of machines for the next, you know, six months and and I'm not able to recover. Somebody who can make that decision. 
I mean, I don't want to be sound for it to sound crude, but someone that says, "Okay, pull the plug," versus you know someone who might be so emotionally attached that they don't have the ability to do that. And so, I once witnessed uh, a, a large family where half of them wanted uh, someone to be um, to, wanted mom to be taken off of the uh, the machines, versus uh, the other group that says, oh, no, leave her on there. And so mom, who never recovered, was was on a respirator for one year. And so you don't want that to happen. You have, you have a voice. You have the opportunity to say yes or no, this is what I want, this is what I don't want. The last thing I would say is even for funeral arrangements, you know, some people want cremation. Some people want burial. It doesn't matter. It's up to you. But tell your family. Don't. Well, let me tell you. We just. uh, mm -hmm, I I just want to tell you before we're off. But but uh, we just had that horrible experience in in our family, and so I'm I'm glad you're addressing that. But you know, I I want you to give us your you know how we can reach you. Give us your number, your email address, your address. Um, Just tell us more about you before we're off. Well, you can reach us at our website www.barclaylawgroup, uh, and you can. My email address is lbarclay at barclaylawgroup dot com, and my telephone number is three one two five five three zero one two three. So we welcome anyone who has any questions or or comments. Wonderful. Thank you, Attorney Barclay, and uh, and we look forward to following up on some other things later on. And enjoy Thank your you trip. so much for having me. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. All right, now. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Will your life insurance company pay you 70% to 90% of your policy's face value should you suffer a qualifying chronic illness or critical injury? Ours will. If you answered no, go to www.getstartedwithlivingbenefits.com and request a brochure on Understanding Life Insurance with Living Benefits. Visit GetStartedWithLivingBenefits.com today and get covered. Terms and conditions may apply.